0: Please, please stop the violence.
1: No community should have to endure this level of violence. 2020 is a year that we will never forget. From WLWT, this is Let's Talk Cincy, presented by Western and Southern
0: Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you.
2: Hello everyone, I'm Curtis Fuller. The well-known educator and activist Marian Wright Edelman once said, if you don't like the way the world is, change it. You have an obligation to change it one step at a time. You know, that statement could be the motivation and inner voice that drives so many people to stand up and speak out about crime. Cincinnati is now confronting a harsh reality of homicides, now nearly 40% over last year. Today, let's listen to the voices in our community saying, enough is enough.
1: 2020 is a year that we will never forget. A year marked by violence
2: in Cincinnati, homicides already nearing last year's total of 73.
1: It's happening everywhere. I don't have an answer for that. But I do know if we don't begin to love our fellow man as ourselves, it will continue and and it's going to go probably beyond 73. We have to begin to love one another for who we are and for where we're at. The struggles in life, we have to try and find resources that can help pull us up out of those struggles that we're having. And and we need to learn to talk to one another. No one wants to talk anymore. Everybody wants to debate and argue or shoot one another. We, we need to move beyond that. We need to be able to sit down and have a, have a civil conversation and sometimes agree to disagree. And then walk away feeling better about ourselves and about each other. Getting the word out about
2: resources can help reduce violence or solve a crime.
1: I think we need more uh, of these type of uh, events where where organizations in the city citizens come together police department and reach out to the community just to help the community any way we can. You know with with poverty and 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 crime and and COVID there's an enormous amount of need and there's only so much one individual organization or one individual can do but when it's, um, when they come together and collaborate, you can, you can do a lot more.
3: If you bring the
2: hope, we'll bring the opportunity.
1: Wake up, enough is enough, stop the violence. Pastor
2: Ennis Tate says the wake up call is for everyone. He says we're all accountable. A lot
4: of the frustration comes from our inability to maintain our focus. One incident should not knock us off of our course to really work hard to reduce the violence. And our city has got to be strong enough and more determined to deal with the issue as it
2: should be. Hope Dudley knows the pain of violence her son murdered 13 years ago. She distributes posters and other items with the names of victims in cold cases.
5: Trying to give them information that I didn't have. Information for them to know all their rights. And how to give victims compensation and how to locate the uh, suspect after he's been arrested. Trying to give families information that was never out there when I lost my son.
2: Well, police have had their hands full and are now working to neutralize the spike in shootings and homicides. Reporter Jeterra McGee has the police strategies to level the field.
6: Right now District 1 is kind of our epicenter, the West End and OTR.
3: Cincinnati Assistant Police Chief Paul Newdigate on how the department is shifting focus in the midst of a year riddled with bullets and following a violent wake-up call mid-August.
6: It was shocking. Uh, we don't normally have 19 people shot within about a 24-hour period. That is not Cincinnati.
3: Now more officers are working at night and Newdigate says they've regrouped mobilizing its Gun Crimes Task Force, two dozen hand-picked officers working seven nights a week.
6: They're known for their proactive work, uh, their ability to put good cases together.
3: And get guns out of the hands of convicted felons.
6: What we are finding out is these hotspot areas that are driving our shooting violence, there is no shortage of firearms. For
3: the last few years, Newdigate says violence was trending down.
6: 2018 was the best year in 12 years.
3: But this year, undoing some progress and a new disturbing trend, more women being shot or killed. Police data shows there were nine female homicide victims last year. There have already been 14 in 2020 with four months to go. Newtigate says more than 80 percent of the time, no one's calling 911. Shot spotter is the only reason police know someone's been shot.
6: So I would say right now, shot spotter is probably saving lives.
3: He knows people are scared to speak up, but says they need help in the courts and in the streets.
6: Like we all say, and we all know, many of these are societal conditions that are larger than just the police department. COVID, and I hate to keep bringing up COVID as a contributing factor, but when there's nowhere else to go at 10 o'clock at night, people are going to find a a way to socialize. And it has now become the streets. It's now become Airbnbs. And unfortunately, uh, Grant Park is a problematic area for us because it it is a crime attractor. And for whatever reason, when people congregate down there, bad things do seem to happen. So we've added additional lighting, and that's a temporary measure. Because we know during the day, it's a nice place to be. At night, that demeanor changes, and, and it's very troubling for us. Uh, WE HAD IMPLEMENTED OUR GUN CRIMES TASK FORCE IN MAY AFTER THE INITIAL COVID SPIKE TO ADDRESS THE INCREASE IN SHOOTING VIOLENCE. WE WERE STARTING TO STABILIZE AND and MAKE SOME SUBSTANTIAL PROGRESS AND GET BACK TO THE the MEDIAN AVERAGE WHEN uh, OUR DISTURBANCE AND THEN SUBSEQUENT RIOTS HIT. AND SINCE THEN, uh, YOU KNOW, WE HAVE STRUGGLED TO RETAIN Uh, our ability to address gun violence so uh, the chief has given the blessing to reinstitute the gun crimes task force they are telling me that they are out there doing plainclothes surveillance and it is not taking long to see people brandishing guns showing them off clearly uh, armed and uh, these individuals, many of them we know are repeat felons. So we're we're starting to get back out there, starting to do it very cautiously because of the environment, but uh, we are committed to bringing down the shooting violence in the city. You know, we have a gang unit that does this work every day. Each district has a violent crime squad, so we already have people committed to this task, um, but they need to be augmented. They need to, you know, additional personnel to assist them. But what we have to remember is when we pull those 25 personnel from districts and other units, then the community has to understand that you know, if you're in a car wreck because I've got two less people running that shift in District 3, we may not get there for a while it may de- you know, increase response time. and So it is a balance between providing good customer service and responding to 911 calls in a prompt and proper fashion and pooling resources to address gun violence. And, uh, you know, the community has an expectation that we do both very well. And so it is a struggle to manage our personnel and we have to look at it on a daily basis. Fortunately, uh, We're used to thriving at a very uh, frantic pace, so we wish it would slow down, but uh, rest assured, uh, we're doing well.
2: Up next, your neighbors and their plan to reduce gun violence when Let's Talk Cincy returns. Some citizens say the city needs a gun violence reduction plan now more than ever. The group Neighborhoods United has been working on a plan for more than a year. And some folks, their families have been impacted by the cycle of violence directly.
5: The gun violence must stop. I I plead with you as a mother, as an educator, as a daughter, because I don't think it really, you really understand the impact that it has on families.
2: In 2018, Dion Partie Johnson's teenage son, Greg, a football player for Purcell Marion High School, was shot and killed.
5: My life changed that day. My family's life changed that day. There's an excruciating pain that will never, ever, ever go away. Uh, time does not heal that void.
2: Johnson joined other citizens on the steps of City Hall to issue a call to action and to declare gun violence a public emergency.
4: In one weekend, 18 people were shot in the black community. Four of them died. Where's the business community? Where are the city hall officials? Why didn't we shut down the city? More people died and got shot in one day in one evening in our city and it didn't do enough to prompt our city to raise an emergency flag and said enough is enough the pain that this mother talked about nobody hears her cry not in cincinnati if we have to work this hard to get our city's attention about something that is killing our young black boys and girls
2: in this city. Shame on our city. The group Neighborhoods United put together a proposal calling for restored funding of youth programs and more community outreach advocates on the street.
0: Two 14 year olds were tragically murdered within days of each other and Neighborhoods United swelled in size to over 100 citizens demanding that we do something to end this senseless violence. We heard from pastors and parents police officers and parolees, community activists, firefighters, day laborers. We heard from the unemployed. We heard from employers. In short, a complete cross-section of the city. We have a gun violence crisis in our city. We have a crisis when we fail to see how every murder reflects our values in this world that we have created.
4: We invest in buildings and great buildings, but what's really going to end gun violence is investing in
5: people's lives. I humbly come to you on behalf of my son, my family, those that are up here that have lost their family to gun violence, to please, please stop the violence. I
0: want to ask how many more, how many
4: more lives need to be taken in order for our city to declare gun violence?
0: a public health crisis.
2: Next, the call for more resources to fight crime by city leaders when Let's Talk Cincy continues. Now we hear from Cincinnati's mayor and police chief calling for partnerships and resources to address this spike in crime. John London tells us about the initiative on the table.
4: This beautiful park will now be remembered as the location of one of the largest mass shootings in the history of our city.
7: Cincinnati police say they'll flood hotspots like the streets around Grant Park with bike patrols, cruisers and foot patrols. Seven and a half million from the state to help with pandemic costs means the city can put a million bucks into the street violence effort. Admittedly, a stop the bleeding initiative. A million dollars isn't even close to enough to deal with the level of gun violence that we have, but it's all we can afford. There will be a renewed focus on finding felons with guns and getting them back behind bars, a renewed commitment to involve the victimized communities, more uniform presence. You keep doing the same
4: thing Overtime for the police,
7: more equipment for the police. It's bigger than that. We're told it goes to the heart of making sure the right people are running the programs, people who are fully connected to the streets where the shell casings are collected. We got to get on the same page. Chief Elliot Isaac made it a point to say the solution is not solely police-based, but community-connected in these hotspot areas.
4: I want to make sure that that is exactly what we're doing.
7: In a year that's on pace for record shootings and homicides, residents tell us police are needed.
4: I have a grandson being born right now as we speak, and in my mind,
7: what is he coming into? These are difficult times we're living in in this country right now, uh, and the levels of gun violence we're seeing across the country and here... Are unacceptable. It
4: is our intent with all the resources that we have to bear that we will arrest and charge this small group of people who inflict violence on our neighborhoods. No community should have to endure
2: this level of violence. Well there are several people who have made it their mission to stand on the front line and speak out against violence. One person is reverend peterson mingo his passion is born out of his own pain
8: well courtesy uh, my family has definitely been invect- affected by gun violence i've lost four brothers to gun violence i'm not talking just people who i uh, grew up with i'm talking about dna brothers you know uh, same parents and i know how it affects families and when i was nine years old my oldest brother was killed he had he'd only been up here from georgia for three Months My mother sent for him, wanted the family to be together, He ended up dead after three months. Nobody ministered to my mother. They had the funeral. I was nine years old. I don't remember anybody coming to the house to talk to her about her loss. No counseling or whatever. You know, My birth mother passed away when she was 47 years old. She actually grieved herself to death. Okay? And so I'm out of here because if I don't come, one night, the phone rang, okay? And I looked over at it checked the message, said shooting, you know, uh, Avondale, Redding Road, gave an address down in the 4400 block them. So I started to lay back down, and I could almost hear my mother screaming. And so I got up, because I remember the scream that she let out on July the 20th, 1958, when she got the news of my oldest brother being killed. And so since then, if I don't want to hear her screaming, <laughs> uh, I get up and I go, because I know there's some parent out there going through what she went through. There's some brother out there going through what I went through. There's some kid out there going through what, what I went through. And that everybody has loved ones. No matter who they are, no matter what they've done, there's always somebody in their life that cares for them. And somebody needs to be there for them to help walk them through this maze of trouble that they're in, to they help them go maneuver through the system. Uh, a lot of these kids don't even have insurance. And so now you've got a family that has to find a way to bury their loved one. If basically he doesn't have a record, a felony record, then Ohio Breaking from Crimes would basically put the whole bill for the funeral. But so many of them, they can't go that way because they've had this in their past, that in their past, or whatever. So we try to find a way for these families to bury their their loved ones with dignity. And it's all about, you know, a calling. Sometimes uh, you call to work, but sometimes the work calls you. And so (laughs) I'm in this because, hey, this is what I have to do.
2: Next, a story of hope, even in the midst of gun violence. This month marks 13 years since Hope Dudley's son Chaz was murdered. It remains an unsolved homicide. We have followed her story since day one. She started an organization called you can speak for me. Hope Dudley has pushed through her own grief to help so many other families devastated by violence.
5: Well, I know all cases aren't going to get solved and and knowing that. And knowing what I do, whatever happens, I've gave it my best shot. So I have no regrets uh, with the shootings that's been in Evandale. We put the re- most recent flyers on there and say, hey, this one person that you know got shot in our, your community, but this are three pages of other people in this district that was shot. So it brings awareness to all the crime and all the homicides that's in this uh, area. We have over 600 open unsolved homicides just in the city of Cincinnati. We it's something that should be done about that. We need to come forward and speak out on what's going on. I, I didn't march in the Black Lives Matter because I have a fight over here in my own community. And we need to speak up, not when it's um, a police officer killing an a Afro-American, which is horrible, but it's horrible in our own community that we have children that are fatherless because another brother has killed them for, for no reason. Was it lack of respect or money or jealousy? We need to speak out in our community on what's going on. If we want to stop or if we are serious about stopping it. Because if it was my son or my grandchild that had murdered somebody, I'll be carrying them down there to say, we listen to what's going on. Even if you hear something, call Crime Stopper. See something, say something. You know, a closed mouth don't get fed is what I was always told. So we need to open our mouths and say what's going on in our community. It's been 13 years. I know they're gonna find a person get murdered, my son. I want him to have just as much time that I had waiting. Not no five or six years. Do all the time that I had to do waiting. It's horrible on a family member. Ever get angry? Yeah, all the time. But then you have a mother that comes up and say, thank you, I appreciate what you've been doing. Uh, The reward cards, the posters, the playing cards, it lets me know that nobody's forgotten about my son. And that kind of mellows me out after then. Every time I come up here, it hurts because I have no justice. I need to know what happened to my child. And I think it hurts so much because I don't know what happened to him. And I need people to come forward.
2: There are good people doing good things in our Cincinnati community. In some cases, we may never know their names until tragedy strikes. For families affected by senseless crime, the pain never ends.
0: It was just a week of just trying to make arrangements. and trying to pick out a coffin and clothes and because my mind wasn't on anything but i have to bury my child it was just a nightmare that i just thought i was asleep and that i could wake up and this would be a bad dream but every time i went to sleep (laughs) I could see that he was, he was gone. He wasn't where he's supposed to be. And I couldn't hear him. I called his phone just so I could hear his voice. It was just unbelievable. Something I would wish on nobody to go through. That was the most horrible thing that ever happened to me.
2: It's good to know that Miss Hope's brand of hope is showing others in the community that families are still here, still vigilant for justice long after the headlines have disappeared. Well, this final thought, you know, I know tackling the problem of crime in our neighborhoods might seem like an insurmountable task, but it was Nelson Mandela who said it always seems impossible until it's done. And this from poet and author Ben Okri. He says, The most authentic thing about us is our capacity to create, to overcome, and to endure. Well, that does it for the program today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Let's Talk Sensei. We want to hear from you. Email us your ideas at letstalksensei, LTC at WLWT.com. We'll see you next week for another. Let's Talk Sensi. Remember, you can always watch full editions and more information on WLWT.com. Have a nice day.